Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, chapter 10 continued, section 8, the joy of having nothing. Only scant remarks on her inner agony were now found in Mother Teresa's correspondence with Father Nooner. Apart from being unable to say more, she knew that a few lines would suffice to remind him of her constant pain and need of prayers. This will bring you the best wishes from everyone in the society and our poor. We shall all pray for you. Pray for us, Father that our hearts may be the crib Our Lady chooses for her baby. For me, only pray. I now want it to be just like this, because Jesus wants it so. Rather than focusing on her own suffering, she shared her joy in the steady growth of her community, a constant reminder of God's work and of his care. Dear Father Nooner, We got 13 new postulants last January, and they are all already seem, and they all already seem full of the joy of suffering for God's poor. And we will have a nice group for May, please God. And I just only look on and wonder. Nothing goes in. I have realized something these days. Since God wants me to abstain from the joy of the riches of the spiritual life, I am giving my whole heart and soul to helping my sisters to make use of it, full use of it. I see them grow day by day in holiness, see them grow in the love of God, and the seeing makes me happy. As for myself, I just have the joy of having nothing, not even the reality of the presence of God. No prayer, no love, no faith, nothing but continual pain of longing for God. These days I know Jesus has been giving to the sisters such wonderful points. After the instructions, I tried my best to recapture those very thoughts and words that passed through me, but I could not recall a single thought. I want to write but I have nothing more to say, but ask you to pray for me. With my whole heart, I want it to be just like this, because he wants it. Yours in Jesus, Mother Teresa, M.C. At this point in life, Mother Teresa even drew spiritual joy from her interior trial. Hers was the joy of having nothing absolute poverty, of the poverty of the cross, to which she had been aspiring from the beginning. Newcomers to the life of the missionaries of charity had ample opportunities for sacrifice. The hardship of living in a crowded building, the lack of privacy, simple food and hard manual labor in serving the poor were among the many challenges. 
Mother Teresa was pleased to see her followers share in her joy of suffering for God's poor. As her prolonged spiritual aridity continued, she willingly accepted being deprived of consolations while helping her sisters to feast on them. God was using her as a channel to pour his love on his children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What does Mother Teresa mean that she gave instructions and then she couldn't recall a single thought? Well, she was giving instructions to her sisters. She was giving them wonderful points, points of meditation, points to think about. But then after the instructions, when she was wanting to spend some time with the Lord, she wanted to recapture the things she was saying to the sisters, the thoughts and words that passed through her. But she couldn't do it. Other times she wants to write and she can't. I have nothing more to say. Mother Teresa was very confused by the situation. Why was it that she had things to tell the sisters when she had to speak to them, instruct them, but what she gave them she couldn't use? And why was it that God was keeping her from opening her heart, talking to Father Nooner and other priests? Well, this is what the Lord wanted for her. And why would he want this? Well, she was his instrument. And there is a charismatic grace called the word of wisdom. And there's another charismatic grace called the word of knowledge. And then there's a charismatic grace called faith. The word of knowledge or the expression of knowledge, the expression of wisdom and faith. And these charismatic graces are given to people so that they might present the message of Christ in a convincing way. They might present convincing arguments about divine things, the word of wisdom. And they might present convincing arguments about human things, created things that God has given us, the word of knowledge. And then they might be able to clearly put forward the Catholic faith and present it with a great certainty. And that's what Mother Teresa really had, it seemed like. She really had this incredible certainty that other people caught on to. And she had a way of explaining it that persuaded people. And she could speak about the love of the poor. She could speak about the poor and the service of the poor. This is that word of knowledge 
explaining created things or the service of the poor, the church. All of these things Mother Teresa was especially gifted with. But that's exactly what a charism is. It's a gift for other people. The Lord gives it Mother Teresa the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and this faith for the benefit of others, for the building up of the common good, for the manifestation of the Spirit, St. Paul says. And what's the proof that this was working? All these sisters coming to join. 13 new postulants last January. A bunch more coming in May. In other words, God gave to her these special ministerial graces, these charismatic graces, precisely to show other people that the Holy Spirit was at work in this order for the manifestation of the Spirit, that the church and her message was from God. And if a person uses a charismatic gift and uses it well, like Mother did, then it will have some spiritual benefit. But it's primarily for others. And Mother's experience of it is just that, that she's given this thing, it passes through her for other people, and then it's not there for her. But her true fruit is the growth in love that comes from making use of this charism in a way that's faithful to what Jesus wants. And we see that in Mother. What's growing in her is this not only a joy in the state she's in, but also a willingness to do things just because he wants it. And a willingness to accept precisely the kind of idiotic state that she feels herself in, of wanting to speak and not being able to, of wanting to think about things and not being able to. And she embraces this. If he wants it, I'll accept this too. Oh, Mother Teresa, pray for us that we might, like you, value the way the Lord uses us, value these charisms, but also, like you and St. Paul, know there's a more excellent way. And the more excellent way is the way of divine love. And the most important thing, Mother Teresa, the most important thing in our lives is that we love the Lord and that his love is in our hearts. Pray for us, Mother Teresa, that we might desire to grow in divine love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.